we have 168 hours in a week. I thought we could start tonight by doing a little bit of math, and I kept my eyes open for those of you who raised your hand saying you're teachers. Um, don't check my math. Um, but I had a few weeks actually to work on this equation, and I've done most of the calculations ahead of time, so I think we're going to be uh, pretty much off the hook. You can just kind of follow along. So 168 hours seems like a decent amount of hours. Um, but if we break it down a little bit and we take away some of the hours that we know are busy sleeping or eating or doing the things it takes just to survive in this world, um, we find out that we might not have as many as we think we do. Uh, so let's start with sleep. Everybody sleeps. Uh, eight hours a day is the recommended amount of sleep for adults. And I know that pretty much none of you are sleeping for eight hours a night, but you should be. Uh, so eight hours of sleep a day times seven days, that makes 56 hours total sleeping for the week. So let's subtract that from the total amount of hours we started with. 168 hours minus 56 hours for sleeping and equals 112. 112 waking hours in the week. Eating, uh, three meals a day. Most of us are probably skipping breakfast, but let's pretend we had a quick lunch, maybe a sit-down dinner. We'll call it two hours a day total to make food, eat food. That's 14 hours a week. So 112 waking hours minus 14 hours to eat, and now you're down to 98 hours. Uh, many of you in this room are full-time students. The average full-time student is taking 15 credit hours a week. Some of you are doing even more than that, uh, so we'll be conservative. 15 hours a week in class, now we're at 83 hours. But that doesn't even include the hours that you spend studying. Uh, whether you knew this or not, you're supposed to spend two to three hours studying for every one credit hour. <laughs> Some of you look so shocked right now. You're supposed to spend two to three hours studying for every one credit you take. Uh, and you guys, well, I thought you looked like a smart bunch. My equation is for three hours. So pretend that you study for three hours for every <laughs> credit hour you're taking. That's 45 hours of studying a week. I do know some people who do that. Uh, so 83 hours minus 45 hours, and now we're down to 38 hours. Is this making anybody else a little bit anxious, a little bit sweaty? So let's say on, on top of going to school, you have a part-time job. We'll call it 25 hours a week. Now you have 13 hours left, and if you're listening to me, I'm taking another hour of your time, and after we're all done here, you're only gonna have 12 left. So we started with 168, and now we have 12 hours left. That doesn't include the time that you spend with your friends, it doesn't include the time you spend with your family, it doesn't include the time you spend driving to class or walking to class, and it also doesn't include Netflix. Um, I just started watching The Office for the very first time ever. Yes. Uh, I didn't believe people when they said it was real good, and I had to get through the first season, and it's really good. Uh, but I don't even flinch when this screen comes up. Like, of course, I, of course I'm still watching. <laughs> um, or what about the time that we spend on our cell phones? Uh, raise your hand if you have a cell phone that does the like screen reports 
Tells you how long you've been on your phone, yeah. Okay, now keep your hand up if you turned off screen reports because it made you feel bad about how much time. Just me? Okay, that's fine. It's because of this. It's because I was getting reports saying that I was spending three hours a day on my phone. Three hours a day. That's 21 hours a week. That is a part-time job. <laughs> Keeping up with it. I'm not keeping up with anything. I'm checking Instagram. Um, so I only had 12 hours left, and I, I just spent 21 hours on my phone, and so now I have negative hours. Um, so maybe you sleep a little less. Maybe you study a little more. But if you took a moment to break down your schedule, you can see the point. Our time is precious, and a lot of it is already spoken for. Our time is precious, and a lot of it is already spoken for. I think it's fair to say that most of us struggle with getting our priorities right. Most of us feel like we're letting something slide or we're letting someone down. Most of us feel overwhelmed and anxious and exhausted most of the time. But God has a wonderful, world-changing, better-than-you-can-dream-or-imagine purpose for your life. But that's pretty hard to experience when we're so busy with our own plans, running around like chickens with our heads cut off, racing from one thing to the next, and slamming our calendars full. I believe how we spend our time matters to God. And better yet, I know how we spend our time matters to God because our time is our life. How we spend our time is how we spend our life. And time is all that we have. I want us to open up our Bibles to uh, John 10. I'm going to grab mine. I'll give you a minute to find it. John is the fourth gospel in the New Testament. It's going to be about halfway through your Bible, and I'll give you a minute to find it but the table of contents always works too. So Jesus was a very busy man. We're talking about time this week. Jesus was a busy man. If you think you've got a lot of homework this week, think about all that Jesus had to accomplish during his short time here on earth. Did you know that from the time Jesus began his ministry to when he was crucified was only three years? That's less time than most of you will spend earning your college degree. Jesus changed the whole world in those three years. But let's look at, at Jesus' words in John 10. For a bit of context, um, Jesus has been traveling around. He's been teaching. He's been healing people. And then he stops to tell a story about a good shepherd. And I encourage you to go home later and read the whole chapter. Jesus is talking about a shepherd watching over sheep. He says that the sheep are familiar with a shepherd's voice, and so they follow him, and the shepherd leads them to good places where they're taken care of. And then Jesus warns about the voice of the thief. So let's read in John 10, 10 together. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, one of my first thoughts after reading that verse was, 
I wonder what a full life looks like for a sheep. Like, what could that possibly be? I, I truly don't know. But um, anyway, in this story, we are like the sheep. And Jesus is saying, I want you to have true life, but I need you to know my voice. I need you to follow me and trust that I can take care of you. And I also need you to keep watch for the things that are coming to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus came so that we may have life and have it to the full. But if we want to have a full life, we can't have a life that is crammed full. And that seems backwards. If we want to have a full life, we can't have a life that is crammed full. If we have a life that is crammed full, there's no room for God. This is what Kurt was talking about last week, right? Hashtag spiritual claustrophobia. If you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go on the basic podcast and listen to it because it's so good. We can't just cram our life to the brim and expect God to squeeze into the crevices that we've left for him. And God is saying that by having a life that has space, you will actually have a full life. It's different from what the world tells us. The world tells us to achieve and produce and execute at any cost. I want you guys to know that I'm learning this breathing room right alongside you. And I want to tell you a story. And this story is not from four years ago. And now I'm on the other side of it. And I've got it all figured out. And that's why they've asked me to come share with you tonight. Uh, This story happened one week ago today. So last Thursday, I was getting ready to come lead worship at BASIC. And some of you may not know this, but getting ready for BASIC is kind of like an all-day all Thursday thing. It takes a lot of work to load everything in, set up all the equipment, get it on campus. Shout out to the setup team. Woo. Oh, shout out to the setup team. They put all this together. It's so nice. Um, anyway, I had left work to help a friend with something. And I ended up staying a little bit longer than I had planned to. And I was was there, I started feeling a little bit overwhelmed, thinking about all the things that I had to do before I came over to Lang. So I ran home quick to grab some stuff before heading back to work. And my husband was there. And my husband's name's Brad. He's here. Anyway, so Brad was trying to talk to me about something, and I was distracting. I was distracted and being kind of short with him. I was, I was like a little tornado just racing through our house, frantically trying to grab the things I needed and then get on my way. And my husband just caught me. He caught me. And he grabbed me, and he said, Hey, just, just stop. Just slow down. And my reaction was to squirm out of his grasp. And I said, I'm fine. I just have a lot to do. I, re- I really got to get back to work. I have so many emails to send. And he, he just, he, he grabs me by the shoulders. And he looks right in my eyes with love. And he says, just stop. Just slow down. It's okay. And he wouldn't let me go. And he said, you need to lay down for seven minutes. <laughs> And I said, I, I don't have time to lay down. It's, it's just going to stress me out even more. I could, I could maybe do five minutes, but I still have. But he wouldn't budge. 
and he led me over to our couch. And he turned the lights down, and he put on some rain sounds. Yes. And then he said, Alexa, set a timer for seven minutes. And as I lay there on the couch, at first I was pretty upset, like, like I, I actually didn't have time for that. And I really am fine. But when I realized he wasn't going to let this go, I gave into it, mostly just to make him feel better. But as I lay there, a minute or two passed by, and I became still. And my mind settled down. And then I just started to sob. I was going so fast that I didn't even have time to realize how not okay I was. And Brad came over to me, and he just sat with me silently. And once I had a good cry, I took a deep breath. Maybe the first deep breath I'd taken all day, or maybe in a long time. And my breathing slowed, and my mind slowed, and I had space. And in that space, I felt God's presence, and I felt like I heard the voice of God, just like Brad was saying to me, just stop. Just slow down. It's, it's okay. I felt whole. I felt like I was enough, not for what I could earn or what I could do, but because I am a dearly loved child of God. I think tonight God wants to take some of you by the shoulders and just look at you right in the eyes with love and say, just stop, it's okay. You don't have to keep moving so fast. And he wants to walk you over to the couch and sit with you quietly and have you take a deep breath, maybe for the first time in a long time. He's watching you run and run and run and spin around your house like a little tornado and it's breaking his heart for you. He misses you. He wants you to have a full life, but he can't give it to you when your life is crammed full. Why is it so hard for me? And why is it so hard for you to just stop? Our loving Father has given us permission to rest. And he's done even more than give us permission. He's actually commanded us to do this. He's commanded us to rest as a gift that we didn't even know that we needed. Because God knew that we would struggle and try to squirm out of his grasp and say we're fine and list off all the important things that we have to do. I didn't need a seven-minute nap when I laid down on the couch. I think, it's, I think it's actually easy to confuse rest with sleeping. But I wasn't physically tired but my mind and my spirit needed to be refreshed. I needed, a, I needed space for God to remind me who he is and who I am. And by taking time to rest, nothing about my circumstances changed. I still had the same amount of things to do. But I got up from the couch with a new awareness of the power of the spirit of God that could help me through the rest of my day and all the things I had to do. So I want to know, what is the thief in your life coming to steal and kill and destroy? 
What's trying to distract you from walking with the good shepherd? Sometimes I'm distracted by good things. Um, I've been working at a church for a handful of years, and it's a huge privilege to walk with people in their faith, but it's so easy to feel like I have to be their savior. I have to say yes to the appointment. I have to say yes to the event. And sometimes it feels good to be needed, to feel important to God and to others. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. It says, Religion has accepted the monstrous heresy that noise, size, activity, and bluster make a man dear to God. We have been sold a lie that says what makes us valuable is the things that we achieve, who sees it, and how many likes it gets. And many of us know in our head that we can't do anything to make God love us, Many of us know that our value and our worth can only come from God and not what others think of us. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, there's a small part of us that worries that we just need to do better. We just need to do more. And most of us are running around so fast that we don't even have time to realize how not okay we are. Most of us don't have time to realize how spiritually hungry we are for God's presence. So we think it's something that we don't need to do when really that's when we need it the most. Jesus came to bring us a full life. When Jesus was crucified, one of the things that he was doing on the cross was putting an end to religious striving. When Jesus took his last breath, he said, it is finished. And with that, no more striving. No more earning God's favor, no more religious activity, no more wearing ourselves out, no more trying to prove ourselves. So how are we using our time to step into this full life that Jesus came and died for? How do we decide how to spend our time I had a good conversation with somebody after basic last week about this breathing room teaching series. And he said, I know, I know I need it. And it sounds really great, but I'm getting ready to graduate. And the work that I'm doing now is going to get me hired or not. Yes. School is one of his yeses right now. And, And if that's yours, you should feel confident in saying yes to that. It's important. It might need to be one of your biggest yeses. But whenever we say yes to one thing, we automatically are saying no to another. And so what is something that you need to say no to, and maybe it's even a good thing, in order to give yourself some breathing room? What does your calendar say is important to you? Are we not just leaving space, but actually setting aside time and creating space to invite Jesus into our day and let him fill us up so that we can go out and do awesome things? not by our own might, not by our own power, but by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, the thief is going to lead me in all different directions, and before I know it, my 168 hours have run out, and I will have frittered my life away. Without this time of rest, you end up like I did, running around my house frantically, too busy to notice the people around me, too frantic to hear the voice of the good shepherd saying, Listen for me, follow me, trust me. If we want to have a full life, 
we can't have a life that is absolutely crammed full. Rest, reflection, recovery, time to be renewed. It's a gift from God. So what would it look like for you every day to create space for God? To create space for your soul to find life, the full life that we talk about in John 10, 10. I think you can do it in your own way. For my husband, it's running. For my friend Carter, it's being out on the lake fishing. For me, it's going on a walk or playing some music or journaling. And I might even be doing something else, but mentally and spiritually, I'm being restored. And I think this is huge because I think when we think about resting, we think I just need to be sitting in front of my Bible with my journal with a cup of tea, and maybe that works for you. But for some of us, there's, there's a lot of other things, and we can invite Jesus into our day that way. So think about for you, what restores you? What brings you rest? What helps you feel renewed? What gives you space to hear the voice of your good shepherd? And if you don't know it now, I pray that you will figure it out because your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. So maybe tonight you need to have a couch moment. We're going to go into some time of reflection, and if you'd like to, I invite you to just close your eyes and kind of walk through this with me. I want you to picture yourself in your own living room. You're running around, you're spinning, you're frantic, you're grabbing the things that you need just to get on your way. And then Jesus walks into the room. And he catches you. And he stops you and he grabs you by the shoulders. And he looks at you right in your eyes with more love than you've ever seen. And he says, just stop. Just slow down. And he leads you over to the couch and he sits with you silently and you take a deep breath, maybe for the first time in a while. Jesus says to you, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Just take a deep breath. Maybe the first deep breath you've taken all day. I'm going to pray, and if you'd like to, I invite you to join me.
Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much that you made a way. You made a way out of the busyness, out of the striving, out of the earning, out of the people pleasing. God, you sent your son Jesus and you said, it is finished. There's nothing more that you can do. Just come to me. Just be still. Just know my voice. Follow me and trust me. God, I'm sorry for the way that I just fill my days to the brim and I just leave these tiny little crevices for you, if even that. God, I pray that you would give me and my friends in the room tonight the courage to take an honest look at our lives, an honest look at our calendar, an honest look at our time, and realize how much we've just squeezed you out of it. And God, tonight I pray that in a fresh way, as we spend time with you, as we worship you, God, I pray that you would remind us of how great you are. I pray that you would remind us who we are in you, that you are good and that we can trust you. And when, when you command us to rest, we trust that that is a good thing for us. And not just when we think we have time, but God, you just take us by the shoulders and you say, it's okay. It's, it's gonna get done. Just, just pause with me. Take me into your day. So God, I pray that tonight, taking a deep breath, that maybe we can just find a new freedom. A new freedom to listen to your voice and invite that into everything that we do. Thank you, God, for how powerful you are and for doing it all for us. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.